Chapter 12 of the life of Milarepa. I think this is the last chapter <clears throat> of this book. It has been a fantastic and wonderful journey to take with you, uh, all who are listening to this story, the, the uh, fascinating and incredible, phenomenal story of the life of Milarepa and all that he had to go through uh, along the path of Dharma in order to fulfill his dharma. Chapter 12. Finally, all these activities had been carried out. At that time, there lived in Drin Dingma, a wealthy and arrogant teacher named Geshe Sakpua. He always sat at the head of the row when villagers from Drin held ritual assemblies he pretended to show respect to the Jetson, but, overcome with jealousy, he decided to humiliate the master before his assembled patrons. To do this, he pretended to be troubled by doubts and asked many questions. During the first autumn month of the Wood Tiger year, the Jetson was invited to sit at the head of the assembly row during a large wedding celebration in Drin. Geshe Sakpua was also there, but was seated farther down the line. He prostrated to the Jetson, hoping that the prostrations would re 
would be returned in front of the assembled crowd. The Jetson had never bowed to anyone except his own Lama, nor had he ever returned anyone's prostration. Following this custom, he did not return the Geishe's prostrations. The Geishe thought a fine scholar as qualified and learned as myself bowing before a know-nothing fool such as him and not receiving prostrations in return. I will humiliate him. He took out a treatise on logic and said, Jetson, in order to clear up the doubts I have about this text, please give a discourse providing both a close reading of the text and an interpretation of its supplementary points. The Jetson replied, You know very well how to give close readings of the words found in treatises, but a close reading of the underlying meaning requires eradicating clinging to the sense of self of individuals by developing equanimity and renouncing the eight worldly concerns and then eradicating clinging to the sense of self of phenomena by recognizing the equal taste of life's round and transcendence, all of which is gained solely through meditating in the mountains. Apart from that, I have no use for saying this is a response to that word or this logically. Uh, apart from that, I have no use for saying this is a response to that word or this logically follows from that, none of which involves practice. I have never studied such things. I know nothing about them. And even if I did, I have forgotten it. Listen to my song of why this is so. Then he sang this song. I bow at the feet of the translator Marpa. Bless me to shun the conventional. The Lama's blessings penetrated my mind, and my mind never strayed, never veered from the Dharma. Again and again I meditated on love and compassion, and forgot about clinging to self and others. Again and again I meditated with the Lama on the crown of my head, and forgot about arrogant leaders. Again and again I meditated never leaving my chosen deity, and forgot my inferior body. Again and again I meditated on the oral transmission instructions and forgot about scriptures in writing. Again and again I nurtured ordinary mind and forgot about ignorance and confusion. Again and again I meditated on the intrinsic three bodies and forgot about fostering hopes and fears. Again and again I meditated on this life and the next as equal and forgot about fear of birth and death and forgot about fear of birth and death. Again and again I nurtured experience in solitude and forgot about pleasing family and friends. Again and again I absorbed experience in my mind stream and forgot about philosophical positions. Again and again I meditated on no arising, ceasing or abiding and forgot about views to be asserted. Again and again I recognized appearances as reality body and forgot about referential meditation. Again and again I rested in an uncontrived natural state and forgot about superficial activity. 
Again and again, I kept myself humble in body and speech and forgot about, about the pride of great men. Again and again, I used the temple in my illusory body and forgot about community te temples and forgot about community temples. Again and again, I practiced with no concern for words and forgot about literal meanings. Let scholars give literal readings of texts. The geishe replied, the tradition, of uh, the tradition of meditators may be as you describe it, but if I were to pursue the matter using logical reasoning, your Dharma talk would lead nowhere. I had hoped that the Jetson was a good man, which is why I prostrated before him. The patrons found this unacceptable and in agreement, they said, Master Geshe, however learned you may be in the Dharma, the world is filled with religious people like you. You are not equal to even a single poor on the Jetson's body. So take a seat at the head of our assembly and quiet down. <laughs> do what you can to increase your wealth. Do you, you do not have even the smell of Dharma. Despite his, his growing anger, despite his growing anger, the Geshe was unable to protest since they were all in agreement. His face turned dark and he thought, Milarepa, <laughs> who acts like a know-nothing madman with his nonsense, his lies and deceit, is a disgrace to the teachings. He confuses people and then lives off their charity. But although I have such extensive learning and am the wealthiest and most influential man in the region in religious matters, I am not even respected as much as a dog. I must do something about this. <laughs> the Geshe had a lover. He gave her a large turquoise and then sent her to deliver some poisoned curds to the Jetson who was at the time staying at Trakar in Drin. The Jetson knew that he had established his fortunate disciples, those with whom he had karmic connections, on the path of ripening and liberation, and that even without the woman's poisoned food, the time for him to die had arrived. He also knew that if she did not acquire the turquoise before he took the poison, she would never obtain it. So he said to her, I shall not eat your food offering just yet. Bring it back later and then I shall eat it. The woman wondered if the Jetson suspected her, so she returned, frightened and filled with shame. To Geshe Sakpua, she said, with his clairvoyance, the Jetson knew about our plan and would not take the poisoned food. When she reported what had happened, the Geshe replied, if he was really clairvoyant, he would not have told you to bring it back later. He would have given it to you and forced you to eat it. The fact that he did not do this, but only said to bring it back later, is a sign that he is not clairvoyant. 
Now, take this turquoise and be certain that he's that he eats the poison. He gave her the turquoise, but she said, Everyone is convinced that he is clairvoyant. I am certain of it. It is because he knew what was happening that he did not eat the poisoned food yesterday. And he will not eat it today. I don't need the turquoise. I am too afraid and will not do it. I won't go. <laughs> Layman, Layman believe he is clairvoyant. The geisha replied. Because they have not read the scriptures and have been fooled by his deceptions. In my scriptures, it is taught that clairvoyant men are not like him. I am certain he is not clairvoyant. Now give him the food. And once I have seen proof, he sh we shall be married. We have already lain together for a long time. And as it is said, there is not much difference between eating a little garlic and a lot. Then you will be put in charge not only of this turquoise, but of all my wealth inside my house and out. And we will share our happiness and sorrow. We are now united in this scheme, so do your best. Hoping these promises were real and that they would be fulfilled, she mixed the poison with some curds and brought them to the Jetson while he was staying at Drode Tashigang. The Jetson smiled and then took them in his hands. Geshe Sakpua was right. He does not seem to be clairvoyant, thought the woman. At that moment, the Jetson said, Did you receive the turquoise as a gift for the deed you are performing? Terrified and ashamed, the woman prostrated herself and in, and in a trembling voice choked with tears said, I did receive the turquoise, but please do not eat this. Give it back to me who was intending... Give it back to me who was intending to do you harm. What will you do with it? I will eat it myself since I am such a wicked person. The Jetson said... First of all, my compassion is such that I could not bear to hand it over for you to eat. It would violate my training in the aspiration to enlightenment and would constitute a root infraction of my vows. More importantly, my opportunity to train disciples and my lifespan have both come to an end. It is now time to depart for another realm. Your food will not harm me, so it does not matter whether I eat it or not. Had I eaten it the first time, you would not have received the turquoise as payment for your crime. That is why I did not take it. Now that the turquoise is in your hands, I will eat it in order to fulfill the geisha's intentions and to ensure that you can keep the turquoise. The geisha promised many things for you both once you carried this out, but your hopes will not be fulfilled. He also said many things about me, none of which are true. The time will thus come when both of you will feel intense remorse. When that happens, in order to purify yourself through this feeling, dedicate your entire life to practice. If you cannot do that, then never come, then never again commit terrible sinful deeds like this. Even at the cost of your life, offer prayers to me and my lineage from the depths of your heart. You both have always traded happiness for misery. 
This time I will see if I can purify your current sinful deeds. Speak to no one about your actions until I am dead. After, afterward, everyone will come to know about them. Although you have neither seen with your own eyes nor heard with your own ears the truth of my previous teachings, the time will come when you will believe them to be true. So keep them in mind and see if they are true. Having said this, he ate the poison. The woman then repeated this to Geshe Sakpua, who said, who said, Not all that is said is true. Not all that is cooked is edible. It is enough for me that he has taken the poison. Now remember to keep quiet about it. Meanwhile, the Jetson announced, Those faithful patrons who have a connection with me, headed by the people of Nyanam and Dingri, Come see me and bring supplies for a ritual feast. Those from the surrounding area who have not met me but wish to do so should also come. His disciples spread this proclamation. Although most people who heard it did not believe they were the Jetsons' own words, but faithful male and female disciples who had a previous Dharma connection and many fortunate individuals who desired to meet him gathered at Chubar. For many days, the Jetson gave instructions of provisional meaning on the law of cause and effect, as well as instructions of definitive meaning introducing the quintessential truth. During this time, some fortunate disciples seated in the audience clearly saw the sky filled with gods listening to the Dharma. Others perceived that the earth and sky were entirely filled with gods and humans listening to the Dharma and were thus filled with joy. Everyone plainly saw the pristine sky filled with extraordinary signs, a canopy of rainbow light, parasols, and victory banners made of five colored clouds, and innumerable other offerings. A rain of five colored flowers descended. They heard sweet sounds of beautiful music and smelled delightful scents such as they had never experienced before. Perce perceiving such wondrous signs, those in the audience of intermediate ability asked the Jetson, We have the joyful feeling that the earth and sky are entirely filled with gods and humans listening to the Dharma, and we have directly witnessed such wondrous signs. What is the reason for this? The Jetson replied, Among you human followers of the Dharma, apart from yogins who have attained the bodhisattva levels and fortunate lay followers, capable individuals are few in number. But virtuous gods have gathered to listen to the Dharma, filling all of space and, pres and, present, and present to me divine and present to me divine substances that are offerings of the five sense pleasures which likewise fill you humans with a sense of well-being. This is the reason that you both sense and directly witness such wondrous signs. What then is the reason that some of us do not see these signs? What then is the reason that some of us do not see these signs? There are many among the gods who have attained the state of non-returning and the bodhisattva levels. To see them requires an extrasensory physical eye. Lacking that, one needs at least a fierce yearning for the two accumulations and a wearing down of the mental imprints left by the two types of obscuration. If you can see the principal gods who have attained the bodhisattva levels, then you will also be able to see their retinues. So if you wish to see the gods, strive to gather the accumulations and purify obscurations. 
If you strive in this way, you will see the ultimate God, your own mind. Then he sang this song about the way to see the gods. I bow at the feet of Marpa the kind. Bless your servant who has a fine lineage. From the pure lands to Sita and others, gather virtuous gods to listen to Dharma. Before Milarepa the yogin, filling the entire sky, lacking the five kinds of eyes. How could ordinary folk see them? I see them all very clearly, but common folk see divine offerings. The sky filled with rainbows and light, a shower of divine flowers falling. They smell fragrant scents and hear sweet sounds with pure outlook, all sense of well-being. This is the Kagyu Lama's compassion. For those falling under this compassionate protection, if you wish to see all the, Daki the Dakinis, if you wish to see all the Dakinis and gods listening to Dharma, attend to my song. Through piling up negative karma long into the past, since birth you took pleasure in sinful activity and never took interest in virtue. In old age too, your mind knows no virtue. So you're sure to experience the ripening of karma. If you wonder, can sins be removed through confession? They are purified, keeping virtue in mind, but knowingly engage in sinful activity. And you trade meager food for a bad reputation. Showing others the path when you don't know the way harms yourself and others. If you truly abhor your own misery, give up ever harming others. 
at the feet of your Lama and chosen deity, show remorse for the sinful deeds you have done, vowing never to do them again, is the oral instruction to purify quickly. In general, sinners have sharp intellects. Unable to focus, they delight in diversion. Lacking an interest in Dharma, in a sign you still do in a Lacking an interest in Dharma is a sign you still do sinful deeds. Confess them all over and over again. Without getting distracted, earnestly strive to gather accumulations and purify obscurations. Do that and you will see not only Do that and you will see not only the virtuous gods who listen to Dharma, but also see the highest of all the gods. Do that and you will and do that and you will not do that and you will see not only the virtuous gods who listen to Dharma. Do that and you will see not only the virtuous gods who listen to Dharma. But also see the highest of all the gods, your own mind, the reality body. If you see this, you bear witness to the whole show of life's round and transcendence. Then your actions all come to an end. Among the gods and humans assembled there listening to the Dharma, those of greatest ability ascertained the unmistaken truth that the mind is the reality body. Those of intermediate ability developed an extraordinary non-conceptual experience of bliss clarity and entered the path. Even among those of least ability, not one failed to generate the intention to attain supreme enlightenment. Even among those of least ability, not one failed to generate the intention to attain supreme enlightenment. Then the Jetson said, <clears throat> Resident disciples, students, humans, and gods assembled here. It is by virtue of the excellent prayers we made in previous lives that we have come together today and are connected through the pure Dharma. I am now a withered old man, and I do not know if we shall meet many more times. Do not waste the Dharma instructions I have taught you, <clears throat> but practice them as much as you can. If you do that, if you do that, you will be born first among my retinue in my Buddha field of awakening. So rejoice! The lay followers of Nyanam were overcome with devotion and clutching his feet wailed tears of sorrow as they fervently cried. Do the Jetson's words mean he attends, intends to depart to work for the benefit of others? <coughs> if that is so, he must depart from the Nyanam to the, to, to, from the Nyanam to the celestial realms. At the very least, he must visit there once more. Likewise, disciples from Dingri and other regions eagerly begged him to visit their homes. The Jetson replied, <coughs> I, am, <coughs> I am now old and shall not go to Nyanam or Dingri. I shall await my death at Drin and Chubar. You, shall, you all should go and offer fine prayers, and then we shall meet in a pure celestial realm. The villagers then requested, Although the Jetson will not come now, <clears throat> may he bless with good fortune the places he, vis he visited. May he also offer a special prayer for all sentient beings. Especially those who have seen his face, heard his name, 
and teachings or have some other connection with him. The Jetson replied, Your giving me provisions out of devotion is a great kindness. My teaching you Dharma having aroused the profound aspiration to enlightenment is also a great kindness. Since I am a yogin who has achieved power over words of truth, I will offer a special prayer for both the temporary and ultimate happiness of everyone here. <coughs> then he sang this song of prayer. I bow at the feet of the translator Marpa, father, protector of beings, who fulfilled his prayers. Listen, all my disciples assembled here. You have shown me great kindness. I too have shown you great kindness. Master and students are equal in kindness. May we meet once again in the land Abhirati. May all my patrons seated here likewise live long and gain merit. May they avoid wrong intentions and may their plans be fulfilled in accord with the Dharma. May this region be blessed with good fortune, the joys of increasing rich harvests and ever engage in the Dharma, free from disease and discord. In the land Abhirati, may I once again meet <clears throat> those who have seen my face or heard my voice, remembered my life story or heard of it or of my name. In the land Abhirati, may I once again meet those who practice and those who act and practice with my life in mind, those who write or teach or listen to it, read it or pay it respect, and those who emulate my life. <clears throat> In the future, may all individuals who are able to do meditation and practice austerities as, I, as have I be free from obscurations and errors. For those who practice an ascetic life, lies merit beyond comprehension. For those who urge others to choose such a life, lies kindness beyond comprehension for those who hear my life story lies blessing beyond comprehension through these three incomprehensible blessings may they find liberation simply by hearing it and then achieve their aims through its mere contemplation may all of my shelters and retreat places and all of my personal belongings bring happiness wherever they are just as the element space permeates earth, water, fire, and wind. May I too be present in every place. May the eight kinds of non-humans, from serpents to gods, and hordes of local spirits and elementals, not carry out even a moment of harm, but rather fulfill these wishes in accord with Dharma. May I guide all beings, leaving no one behind, not even the smallest of insects, so that none falls prey to life's round. The lay followers were delighted by this and doubted whether the Jetson would really die. All the disciples from Nyanam and Dingri then requested his blessings and prayed more urgently than before. When all those in the assembly had, reached return, had each returned home, had each returned home, the rainbow lights and other signs in the sky likewise disappeared. Then the people of Drin called upon Jiwa O and other influential heart disciples to request the Jetson's presence. 
To suppress a serpent spirit in Drin named Dolpa Nakpo, the Jetson stayed in a retreat cave constructed at the top of a flat rock called Rekpa Dukchen, which was shaped like the hood of a snake. He taught the Dharma to his patrons in Drin. Then at last the Jetson said, Resident disciples, if you need to clarify any misconceptions regarding my oral instructions, do so quickly. I do not know if I will linger for very long. The resident disciples conducted a ritual feast and then requested the oral instructions in their entirety. From the assembly row, Drigom and, and Seban said, Judging from what the Jetson has said, we do not believe that he will soon pass into the state of transcendence. Surely his life is not, o is not yet over. My life and my activities in training disciples are both now complete. I will soon reveal signs that this is so. A few days later, the great Jetson showed signs of illness. At that time, Ngangzong Repa said, For the Jetson's illness, we disciples will present a ritual feast of offering cakes to the lamas, chosen deities, dakinis, and dharma protectors. We will also perform a longevity ceremony and medical treatments. He then called the patrons and began making preparations for the rituals. But the Jetson said, For a yogin, illness is basically nothing more than an, than an inspiration to spiritual practice. He must adopt whatever happens as part of the path. Without performing rituals, facing even illness or death. In, in my case, I, Milarepa, have already performed all the rituals in the tradition of my kind Lama Marpa. I have transformed adverse circumstances into heartfelt companions without the need for intervening forces, so I do not need rituals for my circumstances. I have revealed the true nature of bad omens to be demons of conceptual thought, and have transformed them into Dharma protectors who perform the four kinds activity, all without the need for ransom rituals or drum calls, so I don't need rituals for demons. <coughs> And I have allowed the five poisons to arise as the bliss of the five kinds of wisdom without the need for medical treatment, such as the six precious substances, so I don't need medical treatment. When the time comes, my physical body of the generation stage will dissolve into the illusory divine body of the... Uh, when the time comes, my physical body of the generation stage will dissolve into the illusory divine body of the completion stage within a state of luminosity. Longevity ceremonies are therefore pointless. As a result of their previous sinful deeds, worldly people experience a host of miseries in this life, such as birth, aging, sickness, and death. Though you may be... Though you may perform medical treatments and rituals, they cannot be averted. 
No method of pacification, enrichment, subjugation, or destruction, nothing whatsoever can avert them. Not the power of kings, not the skill of the brave, not the bodies of beautiful women, not the wealth of the rich, not the speed of cowards, not the joking of the sharp-tongued. So you can be sure that you will experience such misery. If you fear misery and desire happiness, I have an effective right for avoiding misery and experiencing everlasting happiness. Please give it to us very well. It is certain that you will experience the miseries of what is called life's round. Everything accumulated is exhausted. Everything constructed is destroyed. Everything united is separated. Everything born dies. For this reason, you must renounce such activity from the very beginning so that without accumulating, constructing, or uniting, you practice the unborn nature of reality according to the instructions of a qualified Lama. These are the most effective rites. Furthermore, I have an, Furthermore, I have an important instruction to give you later as my final testament. Do not forget it. Repa Ziwa O and Nganzong Repa continued, If the Jetson were in good health, he would continue to benefit numerous sentient beings, even if he, if he will not heed our requests. Please perform a ritual of profound secret mantra and accept a longevity ceremony and medical treatment so that we will have no regrets, so that we will have no regrets. The Jetson replied, Had my time not come, I would do as you both have asked, but to perform a ritual of profound secret mantra for the purposes of this life without arousing the enlightened attitude for the benefit of beings would be an offense against the wisdom deities, similar to asking a king to step down from his throne to sweep the floor. You must never perform rituals of profound secret mantra solely for your own aims in this life. Although ordinary folk show no regret for doing so, I continuously performed rites of secret mantra in isolated retreats for the benefit of all sentient beings. These are proper rituals. As a result, my mind does not waver from the seed of reality itself. This is the proper longevity ceremony. Marpa's medical treatments eradicated illness of the five poisons from its root. These two are proper medical treatments. However, for Dharma practitioners like you, who are unable to adopt negative circumstances as part of the path, if your time has not come and circumstances obstruct your practice toward enlightenment, then it is permissible to take medical remedies or to perform rituals. This is a period in which temporary circumstances may be averted by the great power of dependent origination and be transformed into good qualities. It was, it was with... <coughs> It was with just these sorts of less advanced disciples in mind that the Blessed One showed his hand for diagnosis to the physician Kumara and took medicine. As the time had come for him to perform such activities, 
The Buddha then demonstrated the act of passing into transcendence. Now my time has also come, so I will not give permission to give medicine or perform rituals. Then the two Repa disciples said, If it is certain that the Jetson will depart in order to benefit others, please, gi please give us disciples advice on how we should venerate your corpse, how we should make clay figurines and build a stupa, who should manage your religious seats, how we should perform your memorials, and how we should practice listening, contemplation, and meditation. The Jetson said, Through the kindness of gracious Marpa, I exhausted all deeds of life's round and transcendence. It is uncertain that a yogin whose three gates have been liberated in the very nature of things will leave a corpse. There is no need to make clay figurines or to build a stupa. I have no monastery of my own, so there is no need to establish a religious seat. Keeping to uninhabited and isolated places such as rocky and snow-covered mountains, you all should lovingly protect disciples, the six types of sentient beings. Do not slack in production. Do not slack in producing figurines, the four-session yoga. Atop the stoop of all phenomena, erect a victory banner of accomplishment in the training of sacred outlook. For memorial, pray sincerely in word and thought from the depths of your heart. For a system of practice, reject that which increases ego clinging and afflictions and harms sentient beings, even if it appears to be virtuous. Practice that which serves as an antidote for the five poisons and benefits sentient beings, even if it appears to be sinful, because it is in essence authentic dharma. If after hearing this, you disregard it and fail to practice, then your learning, however great it may be, is an obstacle is an obstruction that will cast you into the depths of the lower realms. Therefore, since life is short and the time of death is uncertain, devote yourself to meditation. Practice virtue and reject sinful deeds as best you know how, even at the cost of your own life. The meaning of this can be summed up as follows. Act in such a way that you will not be ashamed of yourself. Do this and even if your actions contradict the letter of some texts, they will not contradict the intentions of the previous victors. Collected here is their understanding of all aspects of study and, cont and contemplation, and through them the intentions of this old man will be fulfilled. If my intentions are fulfilled, all your actions of life's round and transcendence will come to an end. On the other hand, any means for, fulf for fulfilling worldly intentions are of no use at all. This is the way things are. Then he sang this song of what use? Of what use? I bow at the feet of the translator Marpa. Disciples gathered in faith and, assemb and assembled here. D listen to this testament song. Last words of me, your old father Milarepa. Through the kindness of Lodrak Marpa, I, Milarepa the Yogin, have finished all of my work. You followers, disciples, and sons, if you listen, do then as I've already done. My intentions and those of the previous victors will be fulfilled. 
The great aims of yourself and others are thus gained in this life. All actions contrary to this do no good for oneself or for others, and thus my intentions would stay unfulfilled. Without training under lamas who have lineage, what use is it to request initiation? Without mixing your mind stream with dharma, what use is it to memorize tantras? Without casting off worldly activity, without casting off worldly activity, what use is it to meditate on instructions? Without the three gates aligned with the Dharma, what use is it to perform rituals? Without accepting insults with remedies, what use is it to cultivate patience? Without shunning attachment and aversion, what use is it to present offerings? Without weeding, without weeding the root of self-centeredness, what use is it to practice charity? Without seeing all beings as your parents, what use is it to keep religious seats? Without sacred outlook rising in your mind, what use is it to construct stupas? Without ability in the four-session yoga, what use is it to mold figurines? Without offering prayers from your heart, what use is it to offer memorials? Without heeding the oral instructions, what use is it to mourn? Without faith and devotion while I'm alive, what use is it to view my corpse? Without world weariness and renunciation, what use is it to give things up? Without cherishing selfless, selfless, without cherishing selfless than others, what use is there in kind words of pity? Without giving up afflictions and desire, what use is it to render service? Without holding what's, without holding what's taught as authentic, what use is it to, what use is it what use is it to met what use is it to in many followers without holding what's what without holding what's taught as authentic what use is it to have many followers to to in many followers I don't understand what that means doing <laughs> doing what use is it to many followers doing deeds that are of no use will harm you Doing deeds that are of no use will harm you, so set yourself straight. The yogin whose work is complete has no need for a pile of busy work. The disciples were deeply moved by this song. Then when the Jetson began to show signs of increasing illness, Geshe Sakpua made a show of bringing him offerings of meat and beer and pretended to inquire about his health. The Geshe said, it is a pity that that an accomplished master such as the Jetson was afflicted by this kind of illness. If there was a way to share it, you could divide it among your disciples. If there was a way to transfer it, you could give it to a person like me. But there is no way to do that. What should be done now? The Jetson smiled and said, It should be clear to you that while there was no reason for this illness to afflict me, I could not avoid it. 
Generally speaking, illness for an ordinary person is not like illness for a Dharma practitioner. Who should treasure it? Who should treasure it as an opportunity to practice? And in my case, I wear my illness as an ornament. Then he sang this song. Life's round and transcendence, clear and luminosity sphere, are held in the hand of their natural place and imprinted with the great seal's mark. I thus have the greatness of non-duality and the courage unhindered by obstacles. Obstacles, illness, afflictions, sins, and obstructions. A yogin, I flaunt them as ornaments. They abide as channels, subtle winds, and drop. And dr they abide as channels, subtle winds, and drops, and adorn my major and minor marks. Gen